Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, true believers of all ages, welcome back to the comic book broadcast, your home for all things inside the realm of nerdum. I am your host, Admin Nemesis, and tonight our Reservoir Dogs consist of Bullseye and Doctor Doom. Brawlers, tonight we take a look at one of the great American film directors, Quentin Tarantino. We are going to talk about our favorite movies of his, which ones we thought fell a little bit short, and what if any existing projects we would like to see him take on. So jump into your Chryslers and get ready for episode 19. Now, you probably heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business. We in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, business is a booming. My fellow villains, welcome back. And Thank you for coming all the way out to Monster Island for today's episode. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. I'm ready to do this. Tarantino is far and beyond one of my all-time favorites, so this should be fun. Yeah, love him. Love his work. Uh, probably one of the more unique directors out there. I'm excited oh, to talk yeah. about him. Oh, absolutely. He is uh, certainly one of a kind when it comes to filmmaking. I'm excited to dive into him, too. But first, Brawlers, in case you missed it, here are this week's headlines. In TV news, Loki Season 2 has drawn 39% less viewers than Season 1. If you haven't checked out the new season, you should. You are missing out. Superman and Lois officially comes to an end with Season 4 as the CW series has been cancelled. The Penguin release date has been delayed for DC's The Batman spinoff series due to the previous writer's strike and ongoing actor strike. And House of the Dragon Season 2's release window has been set. It's gearing up for a summer 2024 release date. In trailers this week, Echo's first trailer has dropped. You can check that out now on Comic Book Brawl. And also, the first teaser for Kingdoms of the Planet of the Apes is out as well. In movie news, The Marvels drops this Friday, November 10th. Go out and see it for Marvel's next installment of the MCU. Deadpool 3's director, Sean Levy, is still undecided on what the movie title will be. The script for the race Star Wars solo movie is reportedly due in November. The upcoming sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem will be a villain-forward movie focusing on the Shredder, according to director Jeff Rowe. And finally, in video game news, the prototype and game footage for an unreleased Daredevil game for PS2 have made their way online. If you guys want, you can go check that out now. That about wraps it up for the news this week. Keep your eyes glued to Comic Book Brawl for more updates. Brawlers, it is once again time for this week's Brawl of the Week. And this week's brawl is pitting two heavy hitters from outside of the big two companies against each other. In one corner, we have the anti-Superman, Homelander. And in the other corner, we... Doom, will you settle down? In the other corner, we have Invincible. <laughs> Guys, this fight takes place in downtown Manhattan during rush hour with all standards page stipulations applying. Guys, even with Invincible inevitably having to stop fighting to save people, I still think he takes Homelander out. Mark has fought and beaten 
opponents way more tough than Homelander, or at least what Homelander seems to be. And Homelander never really has. Uh, in fact, and, and no, this is not going to be any kind of show spoiler. They've deviated a lot from the source material. Um, when it was revealed Noir was just a clone of Homelander, Homelander lost that fight. Noir killed him. I just don't think he has what it takes to win this fight. Doom, what do you think? Do you really have to ask? There is no way. <laughs> there is no way whatsoever. I can see. Now, our, okay, we're going by comic book versions, correct? Correct. Okay, so given what they may end up doing for Homelander in the show, since, like you mentioned, they have deviated from the source material a fairly decent amount. Uh, given that this is comic book versions, I feel like that makes it even more one-sided against Homelander. Because at least if it were the live-action versus the animated show of Invincible, there would be speculation that Homelander could eventually be more than what his comic book version is, but just straight off the bat, there's no way whatsoever Homelander is putting even half the beating down on Mark that Omni-Man did, let alone what Invincible endured against Conquest or half the other villains that appeared in the Invincible series. And not only that, but if you haven't read the Invincible series, Mark only gets far more powerful than what he is now. I can't see any way. It, it's, it might end up being a bit of a bloody fight, but I just, I'm not seeing Homelander able to do anything to Invincible. In my opinion, this one's not close at all. And, and are we, we're, Heck, I mean, if we're talking about like end of series, or or are we talking about any specific point in the in, uh, Invincible comic? I took it as end of series Invincible because that would be the most current version of him, wouldn't it? Yeah, end of series Invincible <laughs> is an absolute monster. Yes, there is no way. I mean, you would literally be essentially saying this is Homelander versus Thrag. And Thrag makes all other Viltrumites look like wet tissue paper. I gotta, I gotta say this. This is Mark all the way. He's he's walking a home with this one with very little effort. So actually, I was actually going to at the start. I was gonna. I was thinking about going Homelander because Manhattan. All right, there's plenty of buildings. I honest, and everybody's gonna fight cheap. It's gonna be Homelander. I could see him trying to knock down buildings. I could see Mark trying to go like save these people. And I know he's going to have to stop and save a few. But then you said end of series. And absolutely no way. They weren't, weren't they like fighting on the surface of a sun by the end of the series? Yep. There, there's no shot Homelander can even... I don't even think Homelander could go into space. All right, let alone fight on a sun. Yeah, I, no. I, I agree. I think this is a wash. I think... I honestly, I almost think we should have gave Homelander backup. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of help. Yeah. Somebody, somebody to help him. But then again, <laughs> nobody likes him, so nobody wants to help him. So, 
Yeah, I got I got to agree with you guys. I I think I think Mark probably Mark middle of the series beats yeah beats Homelander for sure. I think yeah, even Mark I'm... towards the beginning of the series could take him. I I just think like even you know in downtown Manhattan, say Homelander's like, well, screw this, I'm going to start taking buildings down and killing a bunch of people. At some point, Mark's going to snap and just go for him and stop trying to save people because the best way to save them all will be to put Homelander down. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, because we you have... can only save so many people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, it's been a while since I read um, the boys' comic, and I don't remember it being stated in the show, but do we have any, like, straight-up strength feats for Homelander? Like, how much he can lift, or... Yes. Um, anything like that? I think the biggest strength feat I've seen from him is refusing to lift that plane because there's no, he said he couldn't do it. They couldn't lift the plane. What was he going to do? He, Superman does that on. shit all the time. Just catches planes. Like if he, you're not, you can't even like fly up and like lift the plane. You're not that strong. Mm. I don't, I don't think Homelander's got the speed strength or durability or stamina to keep up with this. No, um, you know, I don't want to call it too early, but I think this is a 3-0 blowout vote in favor of Invincible. Brawlers, there you have it. Remember, guys, you can head on over to Comic Book Brawl. You find the Brawl of the Week post. Let us know if we got it right or if we got it wrong. I'm going to 100% say we absolutely got it right this week. Homelander doesn't hold a candle to Invincible. All right, Brawlers. Tonight... We are looking at the works of a man whose movies have become pop culture icons. From the music, to the action, to the just absolute quotability, Quentin Tarantino has long been a staple of excellence in Hollywood and has made some great movies with a career that began in the early 80s and really took off in 1991. Guys, let's dive into his filmography here and talk about our top three Quentin Tarantino movies. And I, for me, I, I had four that I really loved from him. A lot that I like, but four that I really loved. And uh, it was hard to cut one out, but the three that I went with are probably the three that I've seen the most because they're older than the fourth one. And the first one is probably his most famous. It's probably his most quotable. Everyone knows it. Pulp Fiction. What more can you say about Pulp Fiction other than the name? It, it invokes one of the greatest casts. Um, the way it was shot and intertwined, um, it has some unbelievably memorable scenes. You know, you get your Royale with cheese. Uh, what it, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> hmm? Say what again? Ugh. It's just great. Or when um, Bruce Willis's character just happens to have Marcellus Wallace cross his path. It, it, the whole thing was just so well done. The, um, you know, I, it's my absolute favorite Tarantino movie of all time. Love Pulp Fiction. Um, two on my list was the movie I quoted right at the opening, The Inglorious Bastards. I mean, how... How fun was that movie? Just 
Lots of killing Nazis. How does it get any better than that in a movie? It doesn't. Right? Just absolute gruesome killings. And, and it was scalpings. And you had, uh, you know, the bear Jew coming out with the bat. And Teddy fucking ball game. Hitting them out of Fenway Park. Ugh. It was fantastic. So good. So good. <laughs> and finally, number three on my list. Reservoir Dogs. Definitely one of his oldest ones. It's his, the one that made Tarantino uh, an icon, or the rising star that he became. It, would, it didn't make him the icon. It, it put him on the map. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a tale of a robbery gone wrong. I don't want to spoil any more for you because you need to go actually see this movie. Um, one of the great scenes of all time is when Steve Buscemi's character is talking about how he never tips. <laughs> it is a top 10 movie scene ever. It is so funny and well done <clears throat> considering what who these guys are and what they're about to do. It's a great movie. And I don't think I can hear Stuck in the Middle with you play and not be picturing uh, Michael Madsen dancing around his uh, captive there, dumping gasoline on him and cutting his ear off, singing along with it, just being the sadistic bastard that his character was. Um, just ah, those are my top three. I love all three of those movies. I could watch those movies all day, every day. Just great cinema by Tarantino. Love them, absolutely love them. Uh, before before I say mine, what can I just ask? What was your honorable mention? The fourth one I cut out, and it's only because it was the newest one. I it was hard to break it down, but it's Django. Django. Okay. Uh, okay. Love Django. Django I love is. Love oh, I mean, oh, it, so good. I love so good. love the part where he's got the, you know ready to kill. Uh, oh, I can't remember their names. The three brothers, and he's like, "I like the way you die, boy." Bang. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So, so good. <laughs> um. Yeah. So for mine, uh. I, Number one, I have to go with one of my top ten movies of all time. Straight out of Fenway Park. What can I say? Glorious Bastard is mm-hmm. so good. Oh. It's so good. And the funny thing is, my my top two is because of one actor, and that is Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz mm-hmm. is one of the greatest villains oh. of all time. He is so good. That opening scene might be my favorite opening scene to a movie. Of all time. That oh, was so yeah. haunting. <laughs> mm-hmm. He knew the whole time, dude. He knew the entire time. Yeah, he did. And then later on, whenever he asked her if she wants some milk. Oh, dude. like, <laughs> Oh, he's such a dick. I love it. I love him. I remember you. Um, also, I'm also a really big uh, Brad Pitt fan. And I really liked his character in that as well. But uh, my, sec- my second one, funny you should say it, is actually Django. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of Christoph Waltz. Matt, he was oh, so good for that, too. Unbelievable. When is he not good, to be honest? Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Green Hornet. <laughs> I'll say it. Green Hornet. Oh, I didn't even remember him in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the bad guy in Green Hornet, man, and it hurts. Because Green Hornet, don't get me wrong, I don't hate it as much as everybody else in the world. Boy, it's also not a good movie. It's not. It's I thought movie. it was fun, at the very least, but yeah. I didn't mind him in that. I thought he was uh, playing a very over-the-top villain. I, li- I liked his whole thing. Like, I don't understand it. Like, why do I have to wear a mask to get respect for what I'm doing? This is stupid. 
Yeah, big old shout out to all villains that you wear masks. Mm-hmm. I never heard of one. Django, Django made me a um, a Jamie Fox fan, and and I know that's saying something, but like I used to be such a Jamie Fox hater, and what? I don't know why. I just never liked him. In all fairness, I never saw Ray. I was told to watch Ray. I never did. I have never seen that. But uh, that and um, Law Abiding Citizen made me Jamie Fox fans. Oh, I love so, that movie. I was so I, I was pissed about the end of that movie, but it was a great movie. Yeah, definitely. so good. Oh, you never watched the Jamie Foxx show? No, I didn't really have. I didn't have TV back then. So. Oh, that's right. You did mention that. Uh, you never listen. You never lives. Yeah, any given Sunday, you never listen to any of his music. Dude can sing. I'm I'm sure he can. It just he just wasn't for me. Also, I kind of grew up with my stepmom because um, my dad was always on the road, so I grew up country. So I wasn't even allowed to listen to any of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, but anyways, go on. No, that well, that even with that being said, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, fantastic. He was so good in that, and he's actually before I say my third one because my third one is so niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, my honorable mention is actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I I love that movie. I remember that was one of the not one of the first, but like it was a movie that I actually watched with my dad. My dad had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And that that ending, whenever they go to uh, to kill Sharon Tate and they go in the wrong room and they're all just getting the crap kicked out, my it was so funny seeing my dad laugh at that entire part. <laughs> it was yeah, it was so funny. But that's just my honorable mention. My number three, I gotta ask you guys: Have you guys ever heard of a movie called Four Rooms? I have. That was the I have uh, heard of it. first movie he worked with Robert Rodriguez on, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Four Rooms was unique in the sense that it was. It was a bellhop working in a hotel, and he goes into four different rooms throughout the story. And each one of the rooms are directed by a different director. All right, so, like, the very last room is Quentin Tarantino's room. Okay. Yes, I know it's not technically a Quentin Tarantino movie, but it, he directed one-fourth, which is funny, because we have a chat, and I actually said I've watched so much and one-fourth of a movie. Oh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino. yeah. <laughs> that makes, that makes like, sense now. Yeah, yeah, I get okay. it now. Okay, I understand the difference now. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> it was a really cool movie because it also had you can't find it because he's not he's not uh he's not it, the credits doesn't say he's in it, but Bruce Willis is also in it. But Bruce Willis agreed to work with his friend Quentin Tarantino for free, and the only way they the Screen Actors Guild would let them do that if he it was if they did not pay him. So he's actually not credited for the movie, but Bruce Willis is in it as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I if you guys haven't seen it, honestly, the movie, the four rooms itself, only two or th- two of the four rooms are really good. One of them has Antonio Banderas in it, but other than that, like if you have to skip to the last room, it's easy to find it. You know what I mean? Just skip to the very last, the very last one where you see it's Quentin Tarantino, and he's in it himself too. So it's really what she's always in most of his stuff, anyways. But it was so niche. My friend made me watch it a long time ago. Uh, because I drive a Honda Civic, and there's a quote on there where they're like, he drives a motherfucking Honda Civic. And the moment I bought my Honda Civic, that's my friend would just call me and say that every every time he talked to me. So it's a little it's a little inside joke to me and my friends. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that is, that is my, my third one, even though it probably should have gone to Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood or something. And also, uh, Pulp Fiction. I do like Pulp Fiction. 
But it's one of those movies that somebody, aka my dad, talked it up so much that when I finally watched it, it couldn't live up to hype for me. So it just wasn't it just wasn't for me. The gimp scene being not fully nude really let you down, huh? <laughs> Ving, Ving Rams. Ving Rams needs to quit teasing us. We get a little bit of it, and I, I now pronounce you Chuck and Lori, Chuck and Larry. But besides that, Ving Rams needs to quit teasing us. If you ever listen to this, Ving Rams, fuck you, man. All right. So, like I said at the beginning, Tarantino is not just my one of my favorite uh, directors. He might just be my favorite director of all time, just because so many of his movies hold such a special place in my heart, starting with this first one, not just my favorite Tarantino movie, my all-time favorite movie ever, obviously, Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. I have, but shut up, (laughs) I've seen it so many times. I it's just man it's ingrained in my brain and sometimes I still find myself going about my day just minding my own business and just wondering what the hell's in the in the suitcase what's in the what's in the briefcase what's what's in there is it Marcellus Wallace's soul who knows we'll we'll never know there's there's not a lot I can say about it that hasn't already been said by Nemesis, but it's it's just an all-time absolute classic. One of those movies I can go back and watch over and over and over again, never get bored. I love introducing the movie to people for the first time and just having them ask what the hell is going on, trying to piece together what order the story's supposed to go in. I just... I love it. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Never seen a movie like it before or since. Number two, again, we've heard it already before. If, uh, you, you literally, it can't not be in your top three Tarantino movies. Gotta go with Inglorious Bastards. It's, I mean, literally, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of what to say that hasn't already been said. Christoph Waltz, absolute, just masterpiece performance. Uh, so, so many great lines, so many great moments. And it's, it's one of those movies that makes me wonder, why don't we get a, at least one Nazi kill in every movie? I don't care the genre. Let's just knock off one Nazi every movie. I don't care. Who cares? It, please. More more movies about killing Nazis. Please. They're a timeless bad guy. Just They are. Timeless. You can always fight Nazis. <laughs> every in Call of Duty it. game ever. And every Call of Duty game ever. Absolutely. Yeah. The only people who get mad at killing Nazis are Nazis. Mm-hmm. It's so safe. It's such a safe thing to do. Now, I do have an honorable mention myself. And it sucks because this honorable mention is so close to being my number three that I'm going to go ahead and mention it anyway. I'm going to go Reservoir Dogs. It was the first Tarantino movie I ever saw. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know who Tarantino was when I saw it. I don't even think I paid attention to who the director was after I saw it. 
absolutely fell in love with it. And I was I was just floored with the way the movie was handled, how it was such a limited scenery type movie. So much of the movie takes place in so few locations. It is just one of those movies where you're you and your the characters are are in pretty much the same place for the vast majority of the movie. And that's one thing that I really love about some movies when you don't have to be in so many places. Sometimes an entire story can play out in one setting. Number three pick is another more recent movie that I just, I loved his, the, his obvious love for a more, a, a, what would you call it? A time in show business that has obviously met its end. Um, you, you could really just, with this movie, you could tell that he was in love with a time that has obviously passed. But I honest, I loved so much his, the way he likes to revision history. And because of those two main aspects, I have to go for my third pick, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was a movie that I saw trailers for. I was like, oh, Tarantino, I'm going to get around to seeing this. <clears throat> Got to. I, I love Tarantino. I've seen all of his stuff. But I kind of just, I, I didn't get around to going to see it in theaters. And I ended up, uh, honestly, I think it was for my birthday a few years ago, hanging out with one of my best friends and my cousin, same cousin I mentioned before that I used to that I grew up with, used to play a bunch of video games with. And we were we were just hanging out at my place, having a few drinks, watching some movies and stuff. And all of a sudden my friend was like, Hey, have you guys seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And I was like, No, man, but I've been meaning to get around to it. He's like, Let's watch it right now. So I was like, Hell yeah. We popped it on. And I was just just because it was Tarantino, I felt like from the very beginning I was laser focused, absolutely locked in. And by the end of it, I had literally just finished listening to uh, maybe a few days before, just finished listening to one of my all time favorite podcasts. Shout out to Last Podcast on the Left about the Manson murders. And I, when that portion of the movie started weaving its way in i was just like oh this is gonna be good and then it took an absolute turn out of left field that i was like completely unprepared for but at the same time i was like this is so so tarantino i love this so much yes let them get their absolute asses kicked I just because of that scene where they wander in and end up meeting their fate to the hands of Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, I was just like, ah, man, this is this is something special. So got to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for my third pick. Love that movie. Mm. So good. good list. Um, honestly, I'm surprised nobody mentioned Kill Bill. 
Yeah, that was one of the ones that I took off of my list just because I was like, man, it is such a damn good movie. But if I'm being honest with myself when it comes to absolute favorites, it's up there. It's one I could watch so many times over. Mm-hmm. Action's great. Acting is great. Would love, I've seen it teased numerous times, would love to see a movie of, uh, what was her name, Black Mamba? Her daughter growing up and hunting down the bride. Would love, love to see another Kill Bill movie or spinoff of those sorts. Ah, so, so damn good. It would be funny to get that movie. The, the the daughter growing up and hunting down the bride and have her go through all this crap in the movie, finally get to the bride, and the bride just kills her within seconds. Just absolutely Ooh. muckles her. Just done. Not even a close fight. Just, just ends <laughs> it. And everyone's like, oh, what? Like, oh, you forgot who she was? You forgot this is the bride we're talking about? Yeah. Ain't no little girl just coming out for revenge gonna magically beat the bride. But it would be fun concept. Guys, we've talked about our favorite movies, but what about any missteps? I know we like a lot of his movies, but do you guys think there are any missteps in Quentin Tarantino's filmography? Uh, Bullseye, what what do you think? Absolutely. (laughs) I man, I went into this movie so excited to watch it. I was so bored. It, It took so damn long. The twist wasn't even that big of a twist. Bro, Hateful Eight is trash, man. I hate that movie. I hate, I hate that movie, bro. It has such a good cast. I love Kurt Russell. I love Samuel Jackson, bro. That I hated that movie so damn bad. I I bought it too. I bought it, and it, I I watched it once, never watched it again. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe I need to watch it again. I don't know, but no. easy. It's such an easy choice for me, dude. Like fucking having Channing Tatum show up for no reason. It was so oh, dumb. Right. It was, it was so dumb. I gotta agree with Bullseye. Hateful mm-hmm. Eight. I didn't absolutely hate the movie. I don't dislike any Quarant What the hell? Quarantino? Quentin Tarantino movies. Jesus. Uh, I, hey, hey, calm down. Um, <laughs> I don't hate any of his movies. I don't necessarily even dislike any of his movies i don't think if i honestly had to say i don't even dislike this movie but when i think of movies of his that i saw once even remotely mildly enjoyed but don't feel like i need to or want to see them again hateful eight is at the top of that list i didn't dislike it but it has a very strong vibe of, I don't think I need to see this again. I don't ever feel a need to rewatch it. Um, I do have one other on my list of movies that I feel like kind of missed the mark. I didn't hate this one either. I enjoyed it. I, I watched it in theaters. I bought it. I watched it a few times afterwards. Man, when. When you're side by side with Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror, Death Proof just did not hold up for me. It is not bad. Like I said, I don't hate any of his movies. It's not bad. 
But man, Planet Terror is just so wild and off the rails and crazy that then when you go into Death Proof, you're just like, all right, well, this is a movie that followed a much more entertaining movie. Yeah. What about what about you, Nemesis? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're part of this too. <laughs> so you guys have already touched on one of mine. Hateful Eight was what more can be said. It was boring. It it, it should have been so much better than it was. And it has potential. Uh, it it had so much potential, and yeah, it just it just fell flat. Um, I'm the opposite of Doom. I like Death Proof better than I like Planet Terror. Yep, Planet Terror was eh. I like Death Proof better. Um, uh, you're part of that woke female agenda that everybody's talking about. <laughs> yes, I I support all female rights. Why don't you Doom? Oh no, I, I Doom. I do. I Jesus, just Doom. I just uh, I don't even know. No, what to do with 2023, sir. Come what on. is your problem? I'm joking. No, I just came across some guy who today was blasting that nonsense all over a post because apparently it was announced that Galactus was going to have a female Herald in, I guess, the Fantastic Four movie. And he was one of the few people. Everybody else was like, oh, you got Frankie Ray in Nova. You know, like, he's had female Heralds before. And then you had one guy like, oh, Disney with their woke female agenda. And I was like, bro, it's it's fine to not say anything if you don't know what you're talking about. It's completely fine. I'm sure you had better stuff to do today. He was like, oh, no. If you put a female in the forefront of a movie or even have a strong female side character, you're clearly pandering. I'm like, bro, I'm not, I'm not even replying to that. Just say you, Just say you don't like women and go on with your day. And we have it on record. Doom just said he doesn't like women. He just said it. Mm-hmm. We knew just it. Said. We knew it all along. That's the opposite yeah. of what I said. Huh. That's the opposite. No wonder he has so many Doom bots because right? he can't get a woman. That's Jeez, why. This is crazy. No, some of them are women. <laughs> uh, I, I had one more misstep, and it's inside of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, they did Bruce Lee dirty. I'm sorry, Bruce Lee got done dirty in that movie. That's my uh, favorite scene. That's so funny. It's a, it's a very it's funny, so funny scene. It is. It's a very funny scene. But they did Bruce Lee dirty. They That's did. But man, I'm I'm not gonna lie. That scene I'm torn on because when it happened, I was like, uh, it is a good scene. But yeah, uh, you're not you're not exactly lying. <laughs> uh, guys. Okay, we've gone through our misses. So before we get out of here. You could put Quentin Tarantino in charge of any property. What? Which one do you think you would do? Oh, there is only one movie that Tarantino should ever be allowed to remake. And it is the movie that he stated when it came out was the best movie he had seen in the scope of the better part of two decades and that one of his biggest regrets ever was that he did not create this movie it is the movie 
that was the inspiration for the Hunger Games and every other movie that has come since that depicts people being pit against people for the entertainment of the wealthy and the powerful. I gotta go with Battle Royale. Oh, yeah, it yeah, is... yeah. You mentioned that last week, right? During the, yeah, uh, the but... draft. Yep. I, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes, it is one of the... It is an, a movie that is all about shock value. It is right up his alley. And he he literally went on record and said that it's his favorite movie of the past 20 years, or I think it, I think he's at like 17 or 18 years. I'm rounding up to 20. And that his biggest regret is that he did not think of this idea first. And it is a story of these big wigs of powerful companies and industries coming in and deciding to take a bunch of, I believe it was middle school and high school students, take them straight from their classrooms, put them in the forest, plant guns and bombs, grenades, all kinds of weapons, knives and swords, just all kinds of stuff all over the place, and televise them murdering each other. Just an all-out bloodbath of children murdering children it's it's not it's not family friendly it's not it's not fun for all ages whatsoever but it has tarantino written all over it and in my opinion if we're going for a wish list what better movie to list than the movie that tarantino himself has said that he wishes he would have made Oh, so for me, I actually thought about this really, really long and hard. And I got to be honest with you. I, w- I would love to see him touch zombies in a way. Like, if he could get, his, you know, his hands on, like, you know, the Dawn of the Deads, the you know, those type of movies, I do think it would be cool. But for my choice, I'm actually going to go with nothing. All right, because... Because wow. the thing about Quentin Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino, all his movies are unique. All his movies are him. You know what I mean? I don't want him touching another IP because he, I don't feel like he's going to have 100% creative control. You know? Like, I don't know. To me, it'd be like... It, so it's like whenever Guy Ritchie got his hands on the man from Uncle. All right? Like, the man from Uncle, you know... It was pretty big back, what, like in the 80s or whatever, and then it was a TV show, and then he, he, got, he got the movie, and it's like, I love Guy Ritchie. I love, that movie is not the best. It's okay, I like it, but it's not the best, and I feel like, especially with Quentin Tarantino, I think he said he has one more movie left. I don't want him to, I don't want him to go out on an, on an okay movie. I want him to go out on his movie. I want him to go out on like what was supposed to be his masterpiece, you know? So I don't think I would pick something for him to touch, because I don't I don't think there's something for him to touch. I think he has to make it himself. Wow, okay. that That's an interesting choice. I didn't see that one coming. For my choice, I kind of went into comics, and I thought, what would be a comic character he could take a movie and make something absolutely batshit wild that could have gore and sex and all the stuff he likes to put into his movies? And one character really jumped to mind, and it was Constantine. Ooh, that would be... 
Interesting. I would love to see him take on a Constantine movie where he can incorporate a lot of the Justice League dark characters or what you know whatever characters he wants to pick and choose from Constantine's uh, mythology and go wild. I I would love to see his take on John Constantine. That would be in- very interesting. Yeah, that that would be that'd be interesting in the sense that he's never really touched on demons. Yeah, some supernatural. Done, I'm not entirely sure if he likes supernatural stuff. That'd be that'd be interesting. So, while he didn't direct this movie, Robert Rodriguez did. He is a writer on From Dusk Till Dawn that he starred in with George oh, yeah. Clooney. Oh yeah, that that almost made my list because I think that might be my most watched Tarantino movie, quote unquote Tarantino movie. Hmm. I consider it one of his movies. He wrote it. He starred in it. I mean, Rodriguez directed it, it, it. You know, they're very close to each other. The fact that he, and we haven't even touched on this yet, and I feel like it's almost criminal to not touch on this. The fact that the world knows the man has a very blatant fetish with feet. The fact that he was such a genius to cast himself in this movie and then turn around and write a scene where he drank tequila, suck tequila off of Selma Hayek's toes. I'm bowing to him right now. (laughs) You can't see it, but I am bowing to this man. I don't want to see it, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to record it real quick. Hold on. I'm going to send it to you. See, I thought that is, was weird about him. I didn't. I didn't know the foot thing. I don't. Uh, I don't Google that stuff, Doom. Oh no, he look. Watch all no, of we know what movies. you Google. There's a no. There's a <laughs> there is a blatant foot scene in every one of his movies. Why is Doom such a pervert? I, I'm I not. Know, I dude, just I, know. This Tarantino. is like two weeks in a row. He's been at the extreme. Know, just, just, yeah. He's just filthy, man. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely know filthy. You oh, I'm sorry. Your, I know the subject matter sir. than you guys. Than you <laughs> that's, guys not, that's not good I'm, subject matter to know, sir. We, that's not I'm something sorry. You, I know no, the director we're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, oh, I, man, we get it. During your research, there. you found a rabbit hole and you went down it for hours. We understand. No, 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 no. More like during the fact that I've seen... You don't remember the wiggle the big toe <laughs> scene in Kill Bill? The camera was on Uma Thurman's feet for like three minutes straight. I thought that was just an Uma Thurman thing. No. Mm. He has a huge foot fetish. Hell, I actually saw a video recently, actually like literally just a few days ago, which I thought was kind of ironic, of a fan who walked up to him with her bare feet in like these lacy, I don't know if they were high heels or sandals or what they were, but she literally asked him to sign her feet and then asked him to rate her feet. She knows what's up. The man has a foot fetish. And he literally cast himself in the movie and wrote a scene where he would suck tequila off of Selma Hayek's toes. The man's a genius. An absolute visionary. Next topic. Well, we've learned a little <laughs> bit about Doom tonight. I oh, didn't really. say I'm into that. I'm just saying. You bowed to him. You're into it. <laughs> I'm not into that. Necessarily. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it. But if Salma Hayek put her feet in my face, who's to say what would happen? I'm not. I don't know. Next topic. I'm done with this. 
Well, <laughs> brawlers, brawlers, with that, we are out of time for tonight. <laughs> Thank you all again for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. Head on over to Comic Book Brawl and let us know your favorite Tarantino movies. And, uh, you know, which ones you may have uh, thought missed a little bit. And if you enjoy uh, drinking tequila off Selma Hayek's feet like our own Dr. Doom would. Oh, God. <laughs> dirty, dirty Doom. That's his new name, guys. Brawlers, a special shout out to all of our listeners in the UK and Canada. Thank you guys so much for getting you onto our iTunes, onto your iTunes charts. And, of course, everybody else around the world and here at home in the United States. Guys, thank you all for listening. Brawlers. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audible. And you can find Comic Book Brawl on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, Brawlers, you can find Admin Bullseye at Magnus Strife Gaming on YouTube or twitch.tv backslash Magnus Strife. That one's got two eyes in it. Don't forget to subscribe to get all the latest updates. We are out of here for tonight. Good night.